0: Hey guys, it's your girl E. I am back with another podcast for you. Today's title is going to be The Power of Forgiveness, The Example of Jesus. Today's podcast, I'm going to be going over a few notes, but don't be so focused on the notes that I'm giving. I want you to hear what it is that I'm saying, but I also want you to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what it is that you need from this message and what it is that you can get in order to use it in your own life right because i think sometimes we get so focused on you know the words that people are saying you know are they saying it um how they should say it do they have certain amount of points did they get this did they get that and then that's what can make you lose your focus in what the Holy Spirit is actually trying to reveal to you so when you're you're listening to a message and you're so caught up on the words the verbiage the the three points this and three points that you're so focused on the 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 surface of the message that the Holy Spirit cannot give you what it is that you need it's kind of like being inside of a church right a church building you're sitting down and you see someone playing on the phone. You see someone readjusting their shirt. You see someone getting up, going to the bathroom. Now, you're looking at all those people and you're like, well, why are these people moving and this and that and the third? When really your focus should be is on the pastor or the, the band or the praise and worship team, right? But because you're not focused on the the, the present moment of who's singing, who's uh, ministering, who's pastoring, who's giving the word. You're focused on the, the distractible parts of the actual church service. You're missing what it is that God could possibly want you to get out of that. So I want you to shut it all down. Get into your focus. I don't care if you get into a quiet place. Get into a quiet place. I don't care if you have to go to your car, the bathroom, your room, your closet. Just get into a nice place and and listen to this message. And then once you listen to this message, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what it is that he wants you to take away from this, if anything, for your life. Because if there's one thing that I write about, if there's one thing that I preach about, if there's one thing that I constantly try to get across to as many people as I can, and I will say this until the Lord probably tells me to stop saying it, I will always speak on the power of forgiveness and the power of walking in love. Because above all else, not only have I had to forgive a lot of people in my life. I had to forgive people who are, in, who, who are not even in my life at this moment. But who was. I know firsthand what it's like to forgive people who they're not even worthy to to forgive. And I've forgiven people who've never even asked me for my forgiveness. They've never even apologized. But I could tell you firsthand that once I forgave them and and really got grounded and rooted in the word of God in some of the areas of my life, because I'm not gonna sit here and act like every part of my life is perfect because what it's not. But what I will tell you is is that the the forgiveness walk and the love walk is one of those things that I can preach about. And that I can become passionate about, that I am passionate about, is because God has worked this thing out in my life. And I have done it over and over and over and over, right? So, this is a word that I feel like God has wanted me to teach you in due season, right? So, here it is. The power of forgiveness. The example of Jesus. Now, I'm going to go over a few scriptures Um, as I go through my message, but my main scripture that is carrying the weight of this message is going to be from Luke chapter 23, verses 34. And I'm going to read it. Then said Jesus, father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. When Jesus made this request, for my father, Jesus was in a physically painful place. Not only was Jesus in a physical painful place, he was also in a place of pain within his emotions. He was mentally tired, exhausted, mentally pained. And he was in a spiritual spiritually painful place. Because when Jesus said this, I'm going to give you the background story. When Jesus said this, he had come in from the garden of Gethsemane. They had beat him. They had whipped him they had whipped him thirty nine times with um a, a clog that they made up of like leather rope and, and, and uh glass and nails to to whip someone but when they whipped him um the nails in a glass lashed into you know his skin. They put a crown um of thorns on his head and, and not not the thin thorns that you get from a rose bush, but the thick ones that when they wrapped it around his head to, to mock him because he said he was the king, um it, it's Hose and it pierced his head, it pierced his temple, and he had blood draining down his face, he had blood dripping from his body, his skin was torn, right? He was beaten, they spit on him, they pulled out his hair. He he had probably had patches of bald spots in his head and within his beard. And yet, when Jesus was hanging on a cross. For hours and hours and hours. He was hungry. He was in emotional pain. Judas had betrayed him. People had lied on him. He had brought up Judas. Which was his disciple. His brother. His intimate friend. He was beaten to the point of unrecognition. And he was hanging from the cross, nailed, in pain, bones stretching apart because of the nails while holding him up by his hands and his feet bound together. Imagine that was you. After they done beat you, whipped you, and who knows what else they did to him. We only know what the Bible tells us. He was jailed, beaten up, lied on, ridiculed, made fun of. And some of you may be sitting here thinking, I wouldn't have cared what they said. It doesn't matter if you would have cared what they said or not. Remember, Jesus was Jesus. He had so much love and and compassion that the the things that would hurt us as human beings hurt him about a hundred times more. Why? Because Jesus' love ran and runs deeper than our love. See, Jesus didn't love with a human love. Yes, he was in a human body, but he was still righteous. He was in a human body, but God still sent him. The way that Jesus loved when he was on his earth we, we probably would never love like that. We can try and aspire to, and I talk about this in, in The Power of Forgiveness, but we will probably never come close because Jesus loved unconditionally, and God loved unconditionally, and he loves unconditionally. So imagine when someone lied to Jesus. You ever had someone lie to you that you love and it hurt? When they lied on him and when they lied to him, Jesus felt it a hundred times more than what we could ever feel. So imagine you going through this but feeling it a hundred times more because Jesus was pure. And when you're pure at heart, things hurt a lot more. And yet through all of that, being hungry, them not feeding you, They're not even give you anything to drink have you ever sat at a desk all day and didn't eat for six hours and you tried to go to a meeting and and work on emails or work on a car or work on this or or attend to your children but because you were so hungry you couldn't even focus and you were probably disoriented and grump and grumpy and yet here jesus is, is bound hanging up on a cross. Being made fun of by hundreds of people. Them mocking him. And all he did was love. Every last one of them. He loved every last one of us. Even on that cross. Even before we was born. He still loved us. And yet he said. Father forgive them. For they know not what they do. Jesus said to God on a cross. After they done did the unthinkable and they were guilty. If they would have been charged in that very moment, they would have been guilty for touching the righteousness of God. And even in the worst state that Jesus could be in on earth, Jesus had so much love in his heart that even when they hurt him, he said, I'll cover you in prayer because he said, Father, forgive them. He begged for their forgiveness from our Father, and they were guilty. guilty 100% all of them from the time they brought him to to the judge to Pontius Pilate to the from the time that they tried to accuse him which he was innocent to that very moment on cross, they deserved to be struck by lightning they deserved to be um the the worstest fate ever they deserved every curse that god would have allowed to happen because remember, God can't do evil. He's not evil, but he can allow it to happen. They deserved all of that and more. And Jesus said, out of the abundance of love in his heart, he said, forgive them. And then, not only did Jesus ask our Father to forgive them. He covered them. Jesus covered them in his Blood by saying because father they don't know what they're doing and you want to know what Jesus is right don't none of us know what we're doing have you ever been convicted of a sin and as you are repenting Meaning you were moved by the Holy Spirit by this burning desire to to get right back with God. The Holy Spirit showed you you're wrong, and you said, "Wow, man, how did I think that this was right?" You knew it was wrong based on um, the 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 Bible telling you a sin, or you knew it was wrong based on um, what people said in the church, but you just had head knowledge of sin. But when God showed you the the sin, the weight of sin, and, and how it affects your soul and your spirit, and the ramifications of what you did, you're like, man, I'm sorry. You're like, I'm sorry for hurting you, God. I'm sorry for living in sin. I'm sorry for grieving the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry. That's what repentance is. It's to show you you're wrong. They did not know what they were doing. Because I promise you, if God would have lifted the veil over their eyes and showed them what they were doing, they would have repented right then and there. But you want to know what it's called, guys? It's called deception. When the devil deceives you into thinking that living in sin is not all that bad. And and when you live in sin, you don't feel the guilt, the shame, the conviction. That means that you are deceived. Your heart heart is hardened. Now, I'm not saying you got to be perfect. But there are some things you're like, man, I know this is not right. And that's where they were at in their lives. They made fun of Jesus. They mocked him. They hurt him. And yet, Jesus stood on the cross. Correction. He, he hanged from the cross. He hung from the cross. And he still said, Father, forgive them. If that was you... Would you have done the same thing Jesus did? Would you have done. What Jesus did. Jesus was in place. He was in a place. Where most of us would have skipped the forgiveness part and just gave up the ghost. But you want to know one thing that I love about Jesus? Is that Jesus always knew what to do in any situation and he never missed an opportunity to cover others in love. Now, Jesus wasn't afraid To to, to tell people, hey, look, you got to hold yourself accountable. Don't do this no more. But Jesus never missed an opportunity to cover someone in love. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. Some of you may be thinking, man, I ain't Jesus. I, I probably can't do that. You know what? You're not Jesus. You're right. But if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you believed on Jesus and believe on him, as the scripture says, as God moved upon your heart to believe, you, my friend, have received salvation and you have the Holy Spirit within you. So therefore, you may not be Jesus Christ physically in the physical realm, but because you have the Holy Spirit, because you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You have access to the Father. And now you have the power of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you to walk in that same love and obedience and forgiveness. And you know what? Don't sit up here and think that just because Jesus loved harder that it was easy for him because it wasn't. I'm just saying Jesus loved with the pureness that we would never love with. Because see, Jesus loved unconditionally. We will never stop loving conditionally. Even dogs, animals love, love human beings and other animals unconditionally. It's the human race that we got an issue. And that's what I want to bring to your attention. The forgiveness in covering others in love. The power of forg- forgiveness. Now, I do want to put a disclaimer out there. As I am talking about the power of love. And the power of forgiveness. In walking in love. In forgiving people throughout your whole life. This does not mean that People should not be held accountable. There are certain things that I feel like you need to hold people accountable. And other people need to hold themselves accountable because accountability goes both ways. Accountability goes for the person who, who did the wrong. And then accountability and boundaries has to go to the person who was wrong. So accountability goes both ways. This does not mean, this does not mean that a person who's um done the offense gets off scot-free. They don't forgiveness and walking in love sets you free and you may be thinking i don't want to hear all of that i don't care about none of that you may not care about it now but i pray that you do come to a place that you can care about it you can care about forgiving people you don't have to walk in the world's way of being mean and being mad and being angry and being hard-hearted being hard-hearted doesn't make you tough. You know what I'm saying? Being, being a thug or, or or being, you know, um, this other person, uh, this, this person that you walk around with, it doesn't make you tough. Actually, walking in love and forgiveness makes you more tougher than a person who thinks that they're hard and they're numb to life. Being able to feel all the things that you feel and still choose love. And to love yourself and to set yourself free and to set them free from their offenses, that's more strong and more powerful than a person who's trying to trying to show face. Because guess what? You can't be angry all your life. Because guess what? If you hold on to angry to anger and unforgiveness for 20, 30, 40 years, you might die of a heart attack. Or you might be you know, um, having symptoms of seizures or strokes or this and that because your body cannot physically uh, keep retaining the darkness of sin, right? Okay, so let's move on. Regardless of the action of another person, forgiveness is about your walk with Christ. Don't focus on the other person. Don't don't have that saying, oh well, fake it till you make it. We are not in the fake it till you make it generation. We we done passed that. I done spoke about that in some of my books. I done spoke about that in my previous podcast. We are not faking it till we're making it. Okay? We cannot afford that. Right? God is pouring out his spirit amongst his people and amongst the children and he's given men visions and young people dreams and all this other stuff God says I am too powerful and too loving of a father to keep watching you fake it until you make it God says I have much more grace to give you God said if you walk in my grace and you walk with Christ you don't have to fake it you can be honest about where you are with your emotions and acknowledge your emotions but god said you can also walk in the power of love and forgiveness so you don't have to fake it what is there to fake why fake being happy when the holy spirit already gave you joy why fake being at peace when the holy spirit already gave you peace you already have access to the seeds of the fruit of the holy spirit through Jesus Christ, you don't have to fake something that you already have. See, that's that's the deception of Satan. Oh, fake it till you make it. That's not real. When you fake it till you make it, you're not leaning on God. You may be thinking that you are, but you're not. Right? Okay, so let's move on. Your love walk and your forgiveness is about your walk with Christ. This is about your spiritual freedom. And this is about you controlling the part of your journey that you can control. And that's how you choose to use your power. How you choose to use your power is what you can control. Because God says, I'm not going to tell you. um, Or not tell you, but God is saying, he's not going to force you to do something. God says, I'm going to tell you what's wrong. And I'm going to tell you what's right. Any good parent would tell you that. A good parent would say, "I'm going to tell you the right way to do things and I'm going to show you that there's a wrong way to do things." But a real loving parent is not going to force you to do something because one that's manipulation. That's a Jezebel spirit. And some parents mean well, and don't don't get me wrong. Right? But just like God, a good parent would say, I'm going to let you know what's right. I'm going to let you know what's wrong. And God did the same thing. He says, I'm going to tell you what's life, but I'm also going to tell you what's death. He says, but you're going to have to choose between life or death. But he says, you cannot choose both. So when I sit here and tell you that your your forgiveness and your love And what you choose to do with it is your power, it is. Because that's the part that God is giving you control over. He's giving you the control of this person hurt you, yes. But you have the power of the Holy Spirit to forgive them anyway. That's your power move. You can keep your power. By forgiving or you can lose your power and give it away by holding on to unforgiveness. Because every time you lose your power and you give it away, you're giving a devil access over you. And God showed me this earlier, right? I remember I was thinking about the gifts that God has given us, right? And how having the, the gift of faith is one of them, right? God has given every last one of us the, the gift and the measure of faith. We all have um, a certain amount of faith to get through our whole entire life. From the time we were born to the time that we die. We have um, a certain amount of faith that God has bestowed upon us out of his love, grace, and mercy. Now, that that gift and measurement of faith, right? is is it's like uh give is giving it to us in a little box you know when people wrap up a gift and they put it in a little box and they wrap it up and they put a little bow tie on it imagine god giving you the gift of faith then he gives it to you he says here take this take this gift jesus paid the price price for this but it's free for you only if you believe now imagine you didn't understand um, the meaning of that gift, and what if you didn't in, didn't recognize um, the the um, the the importance of the gift when when you took it for granted? What would you do? You're taking it, you throw it on the floor, and you're you're kicking around, and go, I don't want this. What is this? Blah, this doesn't mean anything. Every time you choose unforgiveness every time you choose to be petty every time you choose to clap back every time you choose um to think bad thoughts towards someone who hurt you every time you think to 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 be mean to someone who hurt you you're taking the gift of love and forgiveness and you're kicking it on the floor and you're telling god i don't want this i don't want to love i don't want to forgive them i want to walk in hate i want to be petty I'm going to clap back. I'm going to let these people know that they can't run all over me because I got to let these people know who I am. But see, that's the wrong mindset because that's not walking in love. That's not walking in forgiveness. Now, I'm not saying you have to be meek and, and, you know, speak softly and you have to be lowly when you do it. No, you can be assertive. You can go, you know what? I forgive you. I forgive you. I'm a walking love you know, we're going to call it what it is. You know, we're going to let bygones be bygones. And I'm going to do and do my thing and go on about my day. You could say it like that. And then forgive and move on. Because walking in love and, 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 and owning the power of forgiveness doesn't look a certain way. That's, that's another thing as Christians that we have to get into our heads that, that walking in the fruit of the Spirit, walking uh, with Christ doesn't necessarily look a certain way because you can have um, a person who's tatted up and have a lot of tattoos and, and have braids in their hair and have all different types of color um, skittles coming out their head. And guess what? Their love walk and their righteousness is probably stronger than a person who you see coming out of a Catholic church. With a candlelit. Why? Because we think that, and we've gotten caught up that, that being a Christian looks a certain way. Not necessarily. Because what? Jesus cares more about our heart's posture rather than what we look like on a physical and what we try to appear to be to people. Our heart's posture is what's important, right? Choose how you how you uh, use your power. Choose who you give your power away to. If you want to walk in love, walk in love. If you want to walk in unforgiveness, walk in unforgiveness. But guess what? Both has consequences. And let's leave it at that. You have the choice. God has given it to you. He's not going to force you. He's not going to be mad at you. All he's going to say is, is I have given you freedom to choose life and I have given you freedom to choose death. But when you choose love and when you choose not to bash a person or bash the situation that you're in, you win every single time. Now, you made me thinking, like I said before, I gotta clap back, they're not about to run me over. Blah, 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 blah. They go, no, I run these streets and this and that and a third. All of these things sound great. If you live in the world and you're of the world. But since I'm going to let you know that as Christians, we live in the world. But we are not of the world. God has us here for a time being. And I'm not going to sit up here and say, oh, there was never a time that, you know, I wasn't in my clapback phase and, and I wasn't going to let nobody have that. Because I'll tell you right now, I was. I was in my little clapback phase. And I used to tell my friends and some of my coworkers all the time, I am the reply all queen. Ask anybody at my job. you going to try to holler at me via email or via text message. I'm going to reply all with what I got to say and I'm going to leave it at that and I'm going to drop the mic. But you know what, saints? There comes a point in time in our lives as Christians where we have to go, you know what? I got to leave all of that behind. That's not covering other people in love. There's always a way to do stuff. You don't gotta be fearful about how you do it. You can walk boldly, and still hold people accountable. I can get my point across by responding to an email, even if they got rude and nasty. But you know what? I don't have to reply all. My heart doesn't be doesn't have to be. Oh, you know what? They gonna see what I gotta say, say. they they thinking they winning. Because really, who's winning? Because if the devil is feeding and working through them. And the devil is pulling my strings by me responding in such a manner to where it looks like I'm winning. But guys, when I used to do stuff like that, to the world, I was winning. If I would have posted stuff like that to social media, it would have got so many likes. They would like, yeah, yes, queen, clap back, respond back. And the Holy Spirit would have been like, that's not walking in love. See things, when we When we win in the world, we lose in Christ. But when we win in Christ, we lose in the world. But there's nothing of the world that we lose that we need. Because we have everything that we need in Christ. And if you're thinking, man, I ain't there yet. I'm not about that life. You know what? You may not be now, and I wasn't back then. But I am now. So I can tell you. From first-hand experience. You can do a 180. And it wasn't overnight that God worked on me. It was piece by piece by piece. Every person that I dealt with that had a nasty attitude. I said, you know what? I can respond in such a way. But I'm not going to do it. And customer by customer. By family member by family member. By by rude people. By rude people. By being out in the public. I've learned So you know what I'm gonna curve this curveball because if you let the curveball put you in a place that's ungodly if you let the curveballs of life get you out of position which is your position in Christ you're gonna lose every time and then you're gonna wonder why the devil keeps getting the upper hand in your life because you want to know what And what I'll talk about later on in this is is that there's power in your anointing. And your anointing is power. There's power in love. There's power in forgiveness. There's power in your strength, in your strong relationship with Christ. And the devil knows that and God knows that. But we must come to a place That we have to choose to become spiritually mature in Christ and say, you know what? There are certain things that i got to put away. Because if not, saying you're going to keep going around the same mountain. And you're going to keep repeating the same cycle. And you're going to keep failing the same test until you pass the test. God is not going to give you a different test. He's not going to put you in a different classroom. You're going to be uh, spiritually 30 and 40 years old still in high school. Still in spiritual high school repeating the same test and you already know the answer. Choose his way of handling life situations. And as Christ have and is leading you. It's hard. It's going to be hard on your flesh. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you let God work on you in five years, you're going to be like, uh man this has gotten better maybe not easy because not all things are easy but it gets better in christ and, and even if it, it even if you come to a roadblock and you go oh man this is a little hard you you have that that continuity of you know what let me go to the the the, the forgiveness chapter of my life because we're all a walking book and we have certain pages that we want to keep turning to. You're going to be able to have that that five-year continuity of, you know what, let me go back to the, the continuity in a chapter of forgiveness in my life. And you're going to go down and you're going to go, okay, I've forgiven this person. I've forgiven um, this person for this situation. And you're going to get in your prayer closet and you're going to go, you know what, God, if I did it, then I could do it now. It may not be as easy as I would like for it to be, but I know that I have exercised. I have exercised this part of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and that is a love and forgiveness walk. And you ask God, you say, God, um, if you just walk with me, I can do this. Because, Saints, we are in the world, but like I said before, we're not of the world. And you can read in John 17, verse 11. 14 and 15. And even in that scripture, Jesus even prayed and said, God keep them from evil. This is another example in John chapter 17, where Jesus never misses the opportunity to cover people in love and to request for my Father. John eight and twelve is talking about walking in light and not darkness. When we choose to love our our enemies, we're choosing power. When we choose to lose our power, the anointing of the Holy Spirit by engaging in every single battle, That is thrown our way. From the devil. We are telling God. We don't trust him. We're telling God. We don't trust him to handle the situation at all. And we are also showing God. That we lack the discipline and focus. To walk in his ways. Because remember. The battle. Belongs to the Lord and the battle is not ours. That's in 2nd Chronicles 20 verse 15. The battle of forgiveness, the battle of walking in love. You got a tag team with God and black God, you gotta get me through this situation. We've all been there and I can tell you from firsthand That being petty, being that clapback queen, sometimes you even hit, hit a sweet spot when you clap back just right. When you clap back at your enemies in front of the right crowd and you crumble your opponent and the crowd goes, wow, man, yeah, you got them. And you feel like, yeah, I'm the clapback queen. But God is saying, you know what? You may have won that battle in the world, but you lost the battle in the spiritual realm. Because God says you missed the opportunity to glorify him through Christ. And what's most important? What's the point of clapping back and showing that even as a Christian, you could get downright downright dirty just like them? When in actuality you lost a soul. What if you were supposed to be an example because God wanted them to receive salvation through Jesus Christ by them watching your life? Never forget that as Christians, everywhere we set our foot, I don't care if we're going to the store, the bodega, altar, the mall, to work, every place our footsteps. We are on an assignment. They're watching you. They're watching us. Whether you realize it or not, they are. But walking in love and forgiveness means you have to take up your cross. Don't take up the cross because it's the right thing to do. But take up your cross and walk the walk that Jesus Christ walked. Because the Holy Spirit is leading you. Because like I said earlier in this message. We're done with the fake it till you make it generation. Don't try to pretend to pick up the cross because oh it's the right thing to do. I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to do this. God says you're not a muppet. You're not a robot. You have power. Jesus even told that to Satan. Satan. Jesus told Satan, I could turn the rock into bread if I want to because I know I'm hungry. Jesus even said to other people, it's not that you're taking my life from me. It's because I'm laying my life down. That's the power that I have. That's the power that I've been given. And that's the power that I walk in. Jesus said, make no mistake about it. I am giving my life to you, for you, because of you. And then I'm going to take my life back up through the power of God. See, you gotta understand and recognize the power that you have. You may be thinking, Oh, I gotta walk in love because I'm a Christian. You gotta sit there and say, I can choose to walk in love because I have been given power from the Holy Spirit through Christ from God because that's the God that I serve. When you walk in love towards people, when you walk in forgiveness, you're telling the world, you're telling Satan. I would rather use my power to love and to walk in forgiveness and the anointing of the Holy Spirit because it's what I choose to do as a Christian. This is my power. This is how I choose to use it. Do this as it is unto God and ask God, how can you do this? How does he want you to walk in love? What is our harsh posture? Because we can fake it until we make it, but God isn't blessing the fake it until we till we make it anymore. Because God says, I care about your harsh posture. He says, I care about what it is that you're do you're doing because it's based off the inside. Because God isn't impressed with what we do. Because Paul said it, Paul said it in 1 Corinthians 13 and 1. Paul said that we can give to charity until we're blue in the face, pretty much. I'm going to sum it up. Paul said we can give to charity until we're blue in the face. But if we don't have love, then it doesn't mean anything. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. The devil knows that we have power. God knows that we have power because he gave it to us. And the devil knows that when we hold on to unforgiveness and we don't walk into love, that it weakens us as Christians. Walking in hate, unforgiveness, being mad at people all the time. This is like a Christian's kryptonite. It's a Christian's kryptonite. If you've ever watched Superman... Right, Superman is, is is from a DC comic, and there was this 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 green. And I forget what you call it, but it's like it's a green substance, a green um, I'm gonna call it a green substance, um, and it glows. And the closer Clark Kent and Superman gets to this green substance, it weakens and it drains Superman's power, and he's no longer powerful. And as Christians, the longer we hold on to unforgiveness. The longer we walk in hate and not love. The more it sucks the power out of us. And we're choosing to give our power away. You have to ask yourself at this very moment. As a Christian. I have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Living on the inside of me. You can read Ephesians. The whole book, because I think the whole book is 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 so poignant and so important. It gives you so many nuggets, but Paul says specifically, specifically in Ephesians. That the fruits of the Holy Spirit is love, peace, joy, kindness, meekness. The fruits of the Holy Spirit is so pure, and it's so worth it. That every time you exercise the fruit thereof, you go stronger in Christ and you go stronger in Christ. Because the New Testament says you want to look at a Christian and see how strong they are, you want to see how, how um, deep their relationship is with Christ, you look at their fruit. What is the fruit that they're producing? What is the fruit that you're producing on your life that you're allowing God to, God to help you purge so you can become better? In all of this, the key takeaway is not that a Christian should not be upset or disappointed, Because we very much should feel these things because they're emotions. God gave us us emotions for a reason. It's okay to feel disappointed. It's okay to acknowledge disappointment. It's okay to feel hurt. It's okay to acknowledge that you've been hurt. It's okay. If any pastor or minister tells you, oh, you got to push those feelings aside and, and walk in love. No, 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 no. You have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You can feel hurt, pain, disappointment and all the above and say I still choose to love. I still choose to love even though I feel all of these emotions. Because it's what we do in spite of how we feel that God is concerned with. And you know what, saints? God will give you more grace if he sees that you're trying to walk in love and forgiveness and praying that God earnestly helps you with the situation while still feeling hurt. Because you want to know what? Jesus did the same thing in Luke when he said, Father... Forgive them for their sins because they know not what they do. Jesus was in physical pain, emotional pain, spiritual pain, mental pain. He was in so much anguish. And even though Jesus felt like I got to go through all of this for these people. But in spite of how I feel, Father, I'm going to ask you to forgive them. And he topped it off with saying. Because they don't really know what they're doing. They're lost. The devil has deceived them. The devil has used them. Unto mockery. Let your walk with Christ. Be strengthened. Let it be strong. And unbreakable. Jesus knows the power. That he has given you. Satan knows the power. That you possess. Satan is jealous because you have that power. You, as a child of God, must now recognize your anointing, your power, your love walk. Because I'm going to tell you right now, as Christians, when we when we don't do those things, it's is it a it's a hindrance and it affects your faith and when you hold on to unforgiveness and when you choose not to walk in love and when you choose to hate it's, it's it's like a it's like a God is showing me it's like a it's like a device that it's it's balled up, right? But it has little knives on the inside of it and when you press the button it 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 shoots open with like 10 or 12 little knives and it cuts in multiple ways at the same time this is how love um this is how walking in unforgiveness and not walking in love um affects you it affects your faith it affects your your power it affects your anointing and it affects other areas in your life. And if, you, if, and if you're if you not anointed and if you don't have the faith, you can't pray like you should. And if you can't pray like you should, things won't get answered. And if things don't get answered, you're not being in alignment with God. And, and there's this ricocheted effect of all this stuff that's going on. And you don't see it, but God does and the devil does, but you don't see it. But I'm here today to tell you that everything that God tells you to do, has power within it, it is for a reason God does not tell us to do anything and it not be great to us to to our finite minds. It may look small, but to god God's infinite wisdom and his infinite mind and his love loving unconditionally. And all the power that God possesses and all the knowledge that he has. God knows that when he tells you to walk in one area, that is going to provide multiple blessings in other areas. And remember, Satan mimics God. So God has a kingdom and Satan has a kingdom. God is light, Satan is dark. So if God says walk in love and forgiveness and you're going to be blessed in multiple areas of your lives. Imagine if you're walking in unforgiveness. You're thinking that, that you're just hurting one person. But you know what? You're, you're not just hurting that person. You're hurting yourself. You're hurting your, your relationship with your significant other or your spouse, your children, your work atmosphere. It affects other areas and it's a ricochet and a ripple effect. And you don't see how it's affecting your life, but God sees it. The devil sees it. When you start to pray, your prayers are not as effective as it used to be. And the devil's sitting there and he's laughing and he's mocking you. He's going, yeah, I got them. They're holding on to that unforgiveness. Their love walk is not up to par. So I'm going to close out and I'm going to close out in prayer. Father, I, I thank you for the word that you have given me. In due season. This word is not only for them, I know that this word is for me. I pray that the ears who listen to this podcast and who listen to the specific message specifically, that you pour out your Holy Spirit upon them and you touch them. And as you touch them, show them and give them a vision. Of exactly who they need to forgive. I pray that they don't get caught up in. In why they need to forgive them. And, and go through a, a bunch of um, reasonings and doubts. But show them who they need to forgive. And as you show them who they need to forgive. I ask that by by your power. By your love. That you send your holy angels to stand guard. And block the darts of Satan long enough for them to make a righteous decision whether they got to turn around and go back. And right now as I'm speaking, I see somebody driving in a car. And and you're on a passenger side of, of, of the car and you're contemplating something and something is bothering you. But God is saying, choose righteousness, choose him. I don't know if you got to turn around and go back. Um, you probably got to turn around and go back. But God is showing me that the person that you're in a car with, you're, you probably either shouldn't be in that car with that person or or there's a, a decision that you have to make. God says, choose him, choose righteousness. And you'll know you'll know it when you hear this part of the message. God says choose life because I don't know what's about to happen. But God says he doesn't want you in that car. Choose righteousness. Choose him. Choose his way. Because he says that your life is going to be spared. And Father, I pray that this message was and is a blessing to your people. And that who it touches, it touches. Because see, I know the devil don't want me and your children preaching the power of forgiveness. And the power of walking in love. But Father, you have given me this word to give to your people. And I pray all these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.